0: Welcome back to your regularly scheduled Buffalo Bills season uh, along with us on Maybe Next Year, the Longest Running Bills podcast in Buffalo Bills and human history. My name is Frank. I'm Paul. uh, There is Scott. Scott is in there. Scott is joining us from five seconds in the future. Um, And I'll tell you who like they were five <laughs> perfectly timed laugh. <laughs> I'll tell you who played like they were five seconds in the future was the Buffalo Bills, because uh, apart from like a sleepy middle of the second quarter, which wasn't necessarily awful. Uh, the, the Bills kind of just had their way with the Jets the entire the entire game, winning 45 to 17. Um you know, could've been it's one of those, yeah, not to,
1: even that close,
0: not even as it did wasn't even that close, although at some point, like I, I remember, you know, it's ten to three in the second and or it's ten to no, it's ten nothing in the second. and i I'm like, well, we're about like it, in game time and in, in ga- not in real time, but in game time, it went from the Jets could score and be within one score going into the half to. The bills were up thirty, I mean, or twenty twenty four ish. Um,
1: a lot is what yeah, you, like, you the fine it, listener should take out of this. Yeah.
0: Right, they they scored at the end of the half, scored at the beginning of the half, scored again and then scored again, and that you know the third you know the 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 third uh, they had the, they had the eye of the tiger this time for the you know for a lot of time last year there was a lot of where where's the where's the bills killer instinct well they have been putting away. Once they get in control of games, they have been putting them away. Um, a nice, a nice uh, breath mint after the stinky vomit that was the Jacksonville Jaguars game. Um, all sorts of good things to talk about. Let's go to Scott first, um, since Scott, again, is slightly in the future, and he might have more insight than you, Paul. And then we'll mm-hmm. let you um, you know, just sound silly in, in the face of his intelligence.
1: What else is new?
2: I mean the problem is is of course there's little to complain about in this game. So that is that is the chief thing that usually flummoxes me is the lack of complaints. Um Lawson loss and getting a half a sack. Not great. You know. No, there's more to it than that. Um so yeah, no, obviously the Bills uh yeah, they they played well. Um and it is a different I mean this is the new the new the challenge of the good team, right? Is that you have to come to play every week and you have to still you know try hard even when it's the Jets and you're playing Mike White who's um you know who played well against teams that were average um but obviously like the Bills have a good defense and a good defensive coordinator and they were completely able to take apart his game um obviously a guy who has not had a lot of starting experience is going to be very reliant on his first reads and a lot of tendencies that defensive backs are able to pick up when properly coached and that's the good news is that um you know, we we have those, we have those players and we had that coach. And uh, obviously there was a lot of things Mike White could have done better, but we did the job that we needed to, which was executing and, you know, both game planning and executing a way to take away his reads, um, to take away the easy ones. And, you know, and part of the game plan obviously is, you know, eventually we were able to get up on them and then that's when he has to throw more and that puts the ball more in the air more and the defense is able to do more things to kind of throw him off his game. So that that was nice to see. Um, but again, the defense wasn't the issue last week. The issue last week was the offense. Obviously, the offense was a little bit, um, what was 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 better, was definitely better. Um, I think, obviously, I would put, last week I was really concerned about the offensive line. The offensive line obviously looked significantly better with Spencer Brown back in there. Daryl Bra- Williams moved back to his kind of right guard spot where I think we're all more comfortable with him being in general um obviously josh allen kind of looks much better um making good decisions for the most part uh i think the run game was a little disappointing obviously that was it's an interesting thing of whether mcdermott because that was the thing right he had said we have to get the running game better like that was pretty clear in the press conference right are you guys you guys remember that
1: i do very clear i do and and
2: there, there was not really a, a bigger commitment to the run game in general. Um, still, only really, you know, 24 carries, of which, you know, two went to Allen, two went to Davis Webb on the on the the kneel down. So really, 20 carries, you know, 28 attempts. So the maybe the balance is a little better, but some of that was in the second half when obviously the game was kind of running away from from the Jets and the Bills are trying to kill the clock a little more. So I'd say a little more offensive balance. I'd also say there wasn't like a tremendous amount of improvement. I mean, I guess, you know, 5.8 yards a carry is, is pretty good. Um, I guess that's pretty good. Six yards of carry on Um, <laughs> I'm I glad know. you're coming. Didn't feel here,
1: I was lot. going to come to anyway, to, to just blast you on your opinion of the run game. So I'm glad you got there.
2: Yeah. I mean, it, it's, I, you know, <laughs> still wanted more. No. Um, obviously I'm watching Wisconsin run for 250 yards every weekend. So I, I, I'm still a question that, but, um, yeah, so I, I obviously the, the run game looked a little better. I think I did like it was a little bit different in terms of throwing more on first down and second down, um, especially off the play action, which I know the athletic highlighted and Joe Bascalia highlighted. Um that was that was a good good point that they brought out there. And I like that, um, because I think that is the good thing about having the run game is to keep teams off balance from the passing game. Not that you're necessarily you're not gonna get your your yards and points so much out of the run game, but it is the it is the you have to have a changeup, otherwise people will sit on the fastball. And at some point, if you if you throw a hundred and five mile an hour fastball, that's really great. But at some point, someone will, will catch up to it if that's the only pitch you know how to throw. So Jeez, I, I mean, like seeing that. Yeah,
0: I mean the, the Braves win one World Series in like hundred years, and all of a sudden he's a <laughs> baseball expert with his fastballs and his changeups. I mean, it's really gone to your head there, Scott. I'm sorry. All right, I'm done.
1: <laughs> all right, good. You are done. Okay, Brand go to Paul. Fan. Go to Paul. All right. Yeah. Scott got to the conclusion the need to be gotten to on the run game there, which is you have 139 yards and you had twenty non quarterback carries, counting the an Allen sneak and scramble and the Webb's two kneel downs. That comes to six point nine five yards carry, about seven yards carry. And they've talked for a couple of years now on not necessarily running more but running more effectively and this was a prime example of that you know mad breed averaged 9.3 yards a, a carry they had three jet sweeps between sanders actually four jet sweeps i believe one with Breida, uh, two with mckenzie and one with sanders all of which had varying degrees of of effectiveness and you know that can keep uh, you know teams off balance and that is a a huge difference. In, in, in Scott referenced Joe Biscaglia's athletic article and about, yeah, they were able to come out and they did early play action about 70% of the time, uh, which anytime they do it that high, they win was the point of that. And they could do it because there was a threat to run. So when you have the threat to run, now you have a quarterback who can complete 75% of his passes for 366 yards, which is exactly what what Josh did. Uh, you had two receivers go over 100 yards. And yes, the huge caveat of this is this was a terrible defense. But I don't care if they if it's a terrible defense or not, because if you can do this next week, you'd maybe not win 45 to 17, but maybe you win, say, 31 to, to 21. I'm okay with that, too. I have no no problem with that if they can, can put forward that kind of performance next week and score less points because the, the defense is better. Uh, I do think having Spencer Brown back, he helped not just it was it was twofold. He helped the whole right side of the line, right, because he got into right tackle. Then Daryl Williams moves inside to right guard where he's been better this year. And that gets Ford out of the lineup. And all of a sudden, your right side goes from a weakness to a relative strength. Uh, With Tremaine Edmonds out last week, potentially again this week, it is great to have a depth option like A.J. Klein. He seemed to make a lot of good plays. He had one play where he got sucked up a little bit and didn't get back into his zone. If I've noticed a backup middle linebacker on one play an entire game, that is normally a good sign. So so he did his job. Devin Singletary. Uh, if you want to rub any human being for luck, which I don't recommend, find Devin Singletary. You can lead the NFL with five fumbles, but he's lost the same number of fumbles as I have this season, which is zero. Uh, he magically... The other team just does not pick up the ball when he fumbles it, so this was a, a much more enjoyable game than the previous week. Like Frank had mentioned, it took a while to get there. We, were, we had kind of a turning point toward the end of the second half when the Bills got possession back, scored, scored. can gate in the second half, got some interceptions, and all of a sudden at the end of the third quarter, the Bills had outscored the Jets that quarter twenty-one to zero, and the game was was over, all over but the shouting, as my grandfather would say. Yes. Uh, so, yeah, this was a A good game it was it was the necessary step in the right direction and you know let's hope they can replicate this performance in four days
0: all right i was just getting appraised of my what honey thank you so much i everybody's so excited that you flushed can you go with sister now and that is a free bit of podcasting for you guys with my daughter
1: right and you should be excited when you flush i I, yeah, it's I'm I'm not pleased when there's a non-flushing situation. So yeah. It yeah. deserves well, to we, be kudos.
0: We have a sticky toilet down here, and so to be fair, I think she was just trying to let me know. I think she was saying she tried to flush and didn't uh, okay. work as well as she'd like. And um, to her, like she knows Daddy's podcasting, and so leave him alone. But that doesn't really mean anything to her. Um, so it <laughs> uh, but means can,
1: Daddy's in this
0: room. Yes, and if you like this, <laughs> I have a question. Yeah, please. <laughs> I, does,
2: it, does it mean anything to the podcast people who are listening?
0: Well, I was going to direct them to our other podcast, uh, maybe Next Bowel Movement, if they liked this banter, um, which, you know, they can find on the Patreon page. Uh, but I'd like to turn back to the Bills game now, <laughs> if
1: that's okay with everybody. Too bad it wasn't uh, the Jags game, where you could be like, speaking of bowel movements, yeah, and then just segued bowel- more naturally. <laughs>
0: um, yeah, natural bowel movements are also important. Um Look, you guys hit the good, uh, you hit the highlights. You know, I would like to particularly shout out AJ Klein, who sort of stepped in at the last minute, um, and also uh, Harrison Phillips, who probably wasn't necessarily planning on playing um, with uh, with the uh, Starla Tullale COVID diagnosis the Sunday morning. Um, and yeah, to me, the big answer is the line. I, I think, you know, Scott rightly points out, like they didn't exactly balance themselves with running, but what they were able to do, is generate time. And the, and the two played the old complimentary football, as you like to say. Um, They were able to do things uh, both on the ground and passing. And whether it's against the Jets or against somebody else, it doesn't really matter. Because I think the good lesson from last week is it's always nice to beat a team, even when it's a bad team and you should beat them. Because sometimes you don't. Um, And especially going into the next handful of games, are we... Are we due for a quarterly preview soon? Maybe not this week, but...
1: Yeah, not this week, I think. Actually, yeah, technically it is this week because it's after nine. I should have thrown that on the agenda. No,
0: we're not going to do it now because I think it's kind of a weird week anyway where we've got these two games. So maybe we'll just like have a longer end of the season look at it later. But in any event, with games against the Colts who are are not exactly a pushover, the Saints who are not exactly a pushover, Tampa who won the Super Bowl but did lose recently, um, and then New England... Which, you know, which
1: has the second best turn, uh, second best point differential in the NFL. The New right media. behind
0: Buffalo. And so um, and also literally right behind Buffalo. So we're going to have to talk about that in the bills could in be the, in
1: second place by the time that game comes on.
0: That is. Well, thanks for that. That I think Everybody was, you know, <laughs> someone you
1: know, has <laughs> to someone has to crap on our good times. Yeah,
0: you know, right. Well, it, I thought that was going to be my daughter, but she did flush the toilet. <laughs> um in any event it was a great game it was very good to get back to um stomping an inferior opponent and you know I mean I I, the week of everybody going well what's you know the bills aren't actually that good as it turns out it was kind of annoying because they you know they're obviously very good so I was happy to have a good game against a bad team and beat them well and you know now we can you know test their metal against some other teams but more importantly than test metal they need wins they need to stack wins um, they're currently in second in the AFC overall, which you know is not bad. Um, Tennessee certainly looks like they have a, a decent stranglehold on the one seed, but you know there's plenty of season left. And I think what we should do now is turn to our friend Scott, who's going to give us three stars. And I'm going to go evaluate while you do three stars. Uh, I'm going to quickly evaluate the bathroom to make sure everything is kosher. Absolutely,
2: um, and we'll continue to the non-fecal portion of the podcast.
1: Well, we haven't heard um, your stars yet. This could also be a fecal portion. Of- no, uh,
2: no, I don't have 106 uh, star or excuse me. What's the game day <laughs> roster? It's 45. I forget. Yeah, I think
1: 45 uh, is the game day. So 90, 90.
2: Yeah, the 90 star. Uh, Mike White is probably in the 80s. Did not, <laughs> did, did not have a great game. Uh, <laughs> 24 of 44, 250 yards, four interceptions uh, and the sack. Obviously, um, a better quarterback than I could have been on Sunday, no doubt. It would have been zero for zero for anything with all of the interceptions for me. But Mike
1: White is not an actual; he's
2: technically an NFL quarterback. Did not did not look like he was ready.
1: Right, you're you're not claiming you should have been a number one overall pick.
2: No, no, definitely not. Um, So (laughs) we'll move on to to more of the traditional honorable mentions here. Um, I will call out on the bills plenty of honorable mentions in a, in a in a in a pretty solid game uh we can probably give an honorable mention to gabe davis right with mm-hmm. three catches for 105 yards yes. which is a nice day nice day for gabe um haven't heard as much from him this season with the emergence of dawson knox uh, at tight end who obviously made it back and got the one catch for 17 yards which is nice to see as well. Um, but it's nice to see Gabe Davis on, on the field as well. I'll also give one to Matt Breida. Um, Two touchdowns, three catches for 22 yards, three runs for 28 yards. I neglected to include him in the kind of earlier uh, sum-up of the game, and Paul correctly called him out as, as someone who was playing well, and it was nice to see, mm-hmm. um, uh, especially given last week we had been talking about how the run game needed to have a little, you know, needed to do something different and I specifically called out personnel. Um, luckily, we actually had a third running back on the team. We could just give yeah. him the ball. This is a bold strategy, but, you know, sometimes <laughs> it works. Um, so we will, we will move into the, the formal uh, three stars. And the third star will go to um, – I'm going to give it to Stefan Diggs because Yay. he had eight catches for 162 yards and a touchdown, which is a pretty solid day at the offense. Uh, at the, most receiving yards offense.
1: for Diggs is a bill, actually.
2: Yeah. Exactly. That's 100% a thing I was going to say because I had definitely never said it. How dare you cut me off, Paul?
1: Sorry, um, I'll shut up now. Uh,
2: but yes, no, a, a good day at the offense for Stephon Did it again. Good day at the offense for Stefan Diggs. Um, the human torch was denied a bank loan. Uh, <laughs> the, the second part goes to Jordan Poyer, 10 tackles. <laughs> uh, with the two pass deflections, one of which, uh, was the interception, um, really kind of a group award, obviously for the tremendous secondary performance, which again, yes, you're playing Mike White, but you still need to catch the ball when it's thrown to you or, or strip it out of the hands of the receiver when they're running with it, which, uh, Micah Hyde obviously did a great job. Um, but obviously Trey White had a pick, Teron Johnson had a pick, Collier had the pick, uh, who else had it? It was, oh, uh, Levi Wallace had the pick. And then Micah Hyde with the fumble return. A great day, obviously, for the secondary one that will uh, I think live in Bill's annals as a as a I don't uh Paul, go ahead. And tell the nice people. I know you've already done the research, so you can just have it at the top of the head. Last time the Bills had four picks in a game.
1: Uh Dolphins last year.
0: Yeah, that's maybe the Dolphins. Actually, that's a good thing. Good job. But I think this um, was like the first time ever that everybody in the Defensive secondary got one turnover.
1: Yeah, all five defensive secondary starters. There was four picks and then one fumble, forced fumble, fumble recovery. So all the defender, all the the Tehran and crew, you know, all got in on the action.
2: Absolutely, um, which was a, a little scary because Tehran had come out in this game, if I'm not mm-hmm. mistaken, for a little bit. Yes. I see a very critical player who's who's due to get paid a boatload of money in the offseason, but we'll take him. and Have him? No, and no,
1: then, he, he signed the extension. Remember? He's already he signed did, it. He yeah, did. He,
0: did. he did. I'm done. Again. You should listen to this podcast maybe next right. year. We reported
1: it's, on that about three weeks ago.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Oh boy! A you guys, Every do you guys little see little what I post cat. on Facebook? I spent three freaking hours <laughs> in the car with my kids yesterday. All right? It's been a
0: rough week. Yeah, well, that would have been good time to get caught up on who signed with who.
1: <laughs> daddy, <Well played>. daddy. <laughs>
2: Try, trying to get prep for the podcast tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> That's why i didn't prep. Um. Anyway, Josh Allen, the, 21 to 28. Yeah. First star, 366 yards, two touchdowns, and the pick, two sacks. Um, obviously, also had, uh, sorry, not obviously, he also had three yards, uh, on the ground. But uh, uh, a a good day to see him, uh, kind of back and performing well. Uh, in the the familiar and happy confines of the Meadowlands um, is his second home. Um, he's probably never lost a game, right? Maybe to the Jets.
1: Yeah, that's a good question. He I hasn't don't... lost a game in the Meadowlands. No, he's lost two to the Jets. Well, he didn't really lose the season finale to the Jets. He played one series two years ago. And yeah, we're not going to give him that. Yeah. And then his rookie year 2018, there was a terrible game where he and Darnold were both rookies and looked like rookies, which Darnold still looks like, but Josh no longer does. Right.
2: Yeah. So yeah, those are your uh, those are your as always well researched and uh, well constructed, perfectly timed and well thought
0: out. Three stars. It is great because the Bills, you know, smother the Jets, and we're right back to to fucking around. I love it. That's (laughs)
1: how they can get first star Josh Allen under a long term contract. Well, I mean that's the second week
0: that's the second week in a row Josh Allen was first star. Yeah. Uh. Yeah. All right. Yeah. See, yeah, you see what I did there. Uh, Mm -hmm. Mitch Trubisky is off the COVID-19 list and has announced a baby's coming in his family. So congrats. Um, Starla Tulalay is on the COVID list as of Sunday morning. Uh, McDermott said, and I think this is right, this is the first time that they have found out day of that somebody couldn't play because of a COVID positive test. They said they had had some Saturday uh, positives and some like day of the trip positives, but they hadn't yet gotten one. On game day today, they said he said it didn't he didn't know yet if star was going to be available for Sunday. And I'm trying to decipher if that is a nice way to cover for star who may not be vaccinated, in which case he wouldn't be eligible to play, no matter how you do it, because you have to be out. I think it's 10 to 14 days. So he's got he would miss that. Or if McDermott's being sincere and saying, yeah, there's a chance that if he's feeling better and test negative, he can play. And my guess is we're never going to get an answer out of that. My guess right, is Right, but show. I think
1: I'm almost positive he's not vaccinated because in August he was on the COVID list as a close contact. He did not have it himself. So we right. we knew at that point he hadn't been vaccinated. That so, said, since
0: August, I mean, Yeah, November. he's had a few months
1: to get vaccinated, but Yeah. If he did and then his antibodies aren't at the highest and now he gets COVID while well vaccinated, that mm-hmm. would be it would be a lot. I mean, I got my booster shot today, so I'm the model citizen of of vaccination right now well, but yeah. yes uh yeah so you know i think he definitely got in the 10 to 14 days that was the worst time because it gets day of and the bills have a thursday game after yeah. this so he could miss up to three games with this uh right. unless he starts testing negative real soon
0: and uh and is you know had had vaccinated um rashad wild goose to the New York Jets, who, if you didn't notice, had some secondary trouble. Rashad Goose uh, signed directly off of the practice squad. He's the second draft pick to, yep. that they've lost? I, who was the first one? Jack Anderson to the Falcons. Shit. That's right. Um, I didn't remember that at all. But Rashad Goose, we missed because, of course, all-time name uh, for the team. Never suited up for the Bills on game day, as far as I could tell. No, he didn't. Yeah, never elevated. And uh, was practice squad. But Rashad gets a chance to play football in... In New Jersey. Yeah, so, the, the
1: goose takes flight with the Jets.
0: There you go. So maybe he'll have something to prove in the in the return game to Buffalo. Um, probably not, because my guess is he had a nice time in Buffalo and just happened <laughs> behind a, a really stacked secondary. Um, what else can we say here? Uh, that's it for um, roster moves. Let's talk quickly about the injury list which I had up already. It was um, Cole Beasley didn't practice with rib injuries again. He only had two catches. And yeah, I think, I think he played one limited. snap in the
1: second half again for yeah. the second straight week. Or no, he did. Actually, excuse me, his last snap, he had a false start, and that was it for the rest of his game. That's that was right. That the last play in the first half.
0: That was something I wanted to mention. I had said to you guys, what's the what's the first <laughs> and 10 play at with nine seconds left that isn't the first and 15 play with nine seconds left? Because I don't know... Why they yeah, I think not they got
1: they got a little tentative there, where it's like, uh, oh, this just happened. Let's. That's almost certainly what happened,
0: where they're just yeah. like, whatever. Um, but anyway, Tremaine Edmonds didn't practice with the hamstring. He of course didn't play on Sunday. Taiwan Jones is sick, but regular sick, I guess, not COVID sick. Um, because he just has illness, did not practice. Matt Milano wears the red jersey today. Uh, with a shoulder injury, he was limited in practice. Um, that obviously doesn't have Starla tulale on it because he's on a different list. Um, and I think do we have anybody? And John Feliciano, obviously not on Still it. On although they are,
1: yep. And of course, he, as we know, uh, we're we're going to be done Justin Zimmer the whole year. So
0: Justin Zimmer's done the whole year. And is Feliciano? Is he done his three games yet, or is that? I just... I think
1: he's two? only done two. He's definitely out for this coming week. Uh, coach McDermott did say today. Again, now I'm calling him coach. Like I, I, you know, need to address him formally. Did say today that he is progressing. That he is making. Uh, Progress—that's what progressing mm-hmm. means for those of you uh, at home. So, you know, but he didn't give a timeline for him yet. So we'll we'll see how it goes. But he's definitely down this week.
0: All right, Paul, can you get us caught up on some of the around the league stuff while I go quickly check on my family?
1: I would love to. Uh, first, we all hope that uh, Frank's family is alive and well uh, around the house. We'll find out shortly, I guess, if Frank returns. Big move of the, the week last week, which happened the day after we podcasted. Odell Beckham Jr. goes to the Rams and Matthew Stafford promptly gets terrible and Robert Woods even more promptly goes down with uh what I believe was an ACL injury. Uh, Scott, is OBJ cursed? Uh yes,
2: yes. Yes, yes. Yeah. That is a thing that happened. Um I, as a reminder to folks: if you see a witch, do not point and laugh at her because she will curse you.
1: Right. So uh obj that's that's what you get for witch pointing i don't know what to tell you so we'll also look at uh let's we'll talk about uh Le'Veon bell cut by baltimore he is now that was a second or third tour of duty at this point and so he's he's i i don't know is this going to be is this going to be it for Le'Veon bell do you think scott
2: i you know um
1: he i can't imagine getting
2: picked up but he hasn't pointed and laughed at any witches no so he's so not that, cursed.
1: His teams have done fine, you know.
2: Um, so, but in terms of his NFL playing, Le'Veon Bell is not done because if Adrian Peterson can still get a contract um, at the age of like 36, <gasps> I'm pretty sure Le'Veon Bell can be in that category of, hey, he used to be good, and you probably know how to run a, You probably know how to not fumble and what the playbook looks like. I don't, I think... It's much easier to go to him than to take a flyer on some rookie running back, even though the upside on that second guy is way higher.
1: Yeah, I would agree. But NFL personnel men tend not to be logical. Uh, I will say when it's officially over for Bell is when Frank Gore signs somewhere and then we'll know. Yeah, where his his career is done. So I had uh, in the agenda, I put upset city part two last week because this is now two straight weeks where we had a bunch of upsets. One that is not, it was an upset, but it was more an upset of how lopsided it was. New England just destroyed Cleveland uh, last week. This does not necessarily bode well for Buffalo, but Scott, I'm going to jump in here and say, I actually like, the I feel if there was one thing that was unsatisfying last year with finally winning the division title, it was a year where the Patriots were in full-on, you know, building up mode. They were, I think, a six or seven win team last year. And so the Bills just kind of won by default. Brady was gone. Now the Pats seem to be good again. I would get more satisfaction out of beating this team. Uh, I think this is where you say, Paul, you fool. Uh, you Paul, want all to bad. Yes. Yeah. Frank is back. Good to see I'm you. I'm back. Sorry. Yes. Paul, you My ignorant slut. Yes. Paul,
0: you ignorant slut. Well done. Not Scott. the
1: first time I've been called that today. Not to today. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> yes.
0: Uh, Girl Scouts has started. So. All right. Good transition. Uh, yeah. Yeah, everybody is off to Girl Scouts now, and it's just me in the house. And so any poops that aren't flushed are my own fault. Um, are we—so we've been through and Bell and all that, right? We're Where, talking we, about
1: we, ups to the, the 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 Pats and how big of a threat they are to the Bills at this point. Yeah, uh,
0: well, they need to be taken seriously. I think, you know, you've probably already said this. Their defense looks good, and they beat the crap out of the, the Browns. So—and um, they're just a half game behind the Bills. So— yeah. There's some chance that you know, especially with the bills playing two games this week coming up, uh you know there could be a brief moment where they're not um in first place. I think you actually said that in the in yeah. the thing but in fact tomorrow
1: it could be a technical tie because the Pats play the Falcons tomorrow night in Atlanta, and if the Pats win that, they'll have two games in hand, or they'll be what uh seven, uh six and six and three, oh, wow. I think they'll have, yeah, six and four, so I guess. Yeah. All right, so it won't be a statistical tie, but they they'd be right on our asses.
0: I think the good thing is that you feel confident in the Bills being a good team, right? It's not a question, it's not the same question as before. It's it's now Buffalo is a good team and they have to hold off this other team that looks good, but Buffalo's a really good team. And so this is kind of some of what you have to do when you're when you're the the clubhouse leader. So, um Hopefully they'll be able to, but that is certainly, you know, a question for a few weeks. The the Patriots also get Tennessee, which will be a, an interesting game because I'm tempted to root for New England to beat Tennessee because
1: I think if That you, means you're confident in the Bills. Those who are not I, confident in the Bills are going to root for the Titans and forfeit that one seed and just be like, let's get the division.
0: Yeah, see, I don't think I can think that way because I think that I believe the Bills are good. So I just, you know... I, although I respect the other opinion in a sense, because I, it's a lot of like that old, um, it's not really the old mentality either. But I would understand that, like you know, it seems like they might be a, their threat is bigger than the the, the Titans at the one seat. Like the that that possibility is not the same as anything else. Anyway, I am.
1: It will belated. surely end in a tie. Now is what's. Yes,
0: called. it will surely end in a tie. Um, don't call me Shirley. Um, what do we have? uh miami over baltimore which was helpful detroit yep. pittsburgh tied
1: um, yeah that was just more of a that was that that happened that, that was happens. a terrible football yeah. game i watched That's the last hour of it and the last hour of that game was the last two minutes of the fourth quarter in the overtime it took forever to get to nothing
2: you feel like you're you feel like your life is better for having seen that ball.
1: Well, thankfully, I was multitasking, so I was only half paying attention, but my (laughs) life, let's put it this way, it it gave me renewed vigor in my own life because I thought no matter uh, how much I can get wrapped up in a sense of complacency, at least my life was not the Detroit-Pittsburgh tie football game.
0: Yes, you are so much better than a tie football game between Detroit and Pittsburgh. Thank you. It it does help the Bills a little because Pittsburgh is not Right, um, we want
1: Pittsburgh to have if Pittsburgh wins that division, which is certainly plausible with this if this I think they're in the lead in that division, uh currently. Or no, no, they're in second I think Baltimore. it's Baltimore still, but right. I'll uh, yeah. But if they uh if they do, uh we need them to have a worse record than the Bills because they will have tiebreakers.
0: Yes. They have that one stupid thing. Yeah, the Ravens are yep. six and three. And the Steelers are 5-3-1. and one. So if they had won that game,
1: yep, they'd be, um, in the they'd tie be tied I think and
0: potentially yeah. in there. Yeah. Yep. And the Chiefs, despite all their problems, are 6-4 and, and lead the West at the moment. Um, they sit behind the Ravens and the Bills uh, because both those teams have the tiebreaker over the Chiefs. Um, so that there's that. Uh, and then uh, Washington over Tampa Bay, just showing that it can be done. Um, yep. Yeah.
2: Did not see that one coming at all. I mean, literally, like, the, the it was the last year was these uh, scrappy I was gonna say crappy upstarts um, these crappy like upstarts both, both would
0: be true about Washington <laughs> 2020 football I mean, team weren't they six and ten so I think uh, they were seven, no yeah. I think they got to seven and nine uh, yeah yeah
2: but yeah exactly but played the eventual Super Bowl champs yeah, fairly yeah. tough at the playoff game and then yeah you would think there's no way that Tampa could take them easily headed into this game when they're Otherwise, playing pretty well and needing to keep playing well to keep their kind of lock on the one seat in the NFC. But nope, they go out and lose to the Washington football team. And yeah, that's a thing that
1: happened. That is a thing. I I think we all expected the Buccaneers to be like, okay, we've seen Taylor Heineke once. You know, now this means we're going to have him figured out. Uh, And instead, it was Taylor like, okay, I've seen the Buccaneers once. Now I'm going (laughs) to go 26 of 32 for 256 yards and not turn the ball over at all. And, you know, we're just going to take it to and this game was they put they put them away at the end. It was not even that uh, close uh, by the end of this thing.
0: Yeah, they just were happy not to see the Bills defense, I guess. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I looked it up last year. They were seven and nine and the other two teams were six and ten and the Eagles had four wins. But there was a scenario which if Washington had lost, there would have been a three way tie for first with six wins. Yep. And I was actively rooting for that because. it, you know, maximized chaos. Right.
1: And that was the, and this, Frank has a long history of this. You might remember there was a year where the Seahawks and Rams, uh, where one of them could have finished seven and nine and won the division. I'm like, well, I need the, the Rams to win. So at least it's eight and eight. And that's more respectable. And Frank said to me straight out, I want chaos. And he got it because the Seahawks won, went seven and nine, and then Beastquake happened. They actually won a playoff game. And then they finally got knocked out. So Frank has been consistent in the uh, chaos of having the worst possible teams in the playoffs uh, for more than a decade.
0: Brian Punt sent us a beautiful picture of a Mayfield jersey and they crossed out the word field and it says be next year. So it says maybe next year. Brown's fans have officially given up. He sent that to us. So I'm happy that Baker is rooting for us now, I guess. Um, Thank you, Baker. We do. We have questions, Mark. We have we have
1: one question. David. Yeah, Mark sent
0: is, us a dab. Betty White doing the dab. That's kind of cool. Right. And uh, Dave, Scott,
1: you need to listen to the uh, cloud accounting podcast that David does uh, because they're going to try and try and diss you next time. I said it's probably going to be tough for them to work in. Uh, but since you you crapped on David last week. Um, you They, sorry. Will, they
2: sorry. will. I'm going to need I'm going to need you to say that again because uh, you said a bunch of words that I know what those words are, but the order in which you use them doesn't ah, yes. make any sense
1: to me. Yes. Cloud
2: let me, let me
0: accounting. Read. Cloud Accounting Podcast at cloud ACC, ACCT pod. your weekly hashtag accounting and hashtag tag bookkeeping news update with a tech focus. Join Blake T. Oliver, CPA. We don't David care about Blake Leary. T. Oliver.
1: He doesn't listen to the pod.
0: Well, maybe Blake does. He just doesn't he does. tweet. I don't know uh for our number one cloud accounting podcast and i don't know what to say if they're the number one cloud accounting podcast night that's awesome um let's see
1: if you talk to have a crossover episode with them they have a lot of followers so i think so. hop on that but you know. yeah
0: blake is a uh, 40 under 40 lives in la david uh cool mustache it looks like david challenging influencing small biz ecosystem evangelist and the co-host husband dad and uh bill buffalo bills madden fan he lives in tucson arizona so very west coast feel lots of good stuff going on at that podcast i'm sure if that is a field that you're interested in uh david says i am am
2: more interested in starting a professional rivalry with this
0: podcast with this bald (laughs) cast how how are we going to rival an accounting po- and bookkeeping podcast. A, cl- a cloud one at that. Look, I'm just going to say something.
2: Math is fake. All right? <laughs> it's not, it's a it's bold, not
1: we take bold it's, stances on this podcast. This could be on his bad take someday, Scott. Remember. Math we go that- is
0: fake. Money is not real. <laughs> and uh, something, something crypto. <laughs>
2: I'm just saying, a lot of it seems like a lot of numbers. And start adding letters in. And you, you lose me. And I'm just saying, <laughs> at that point, it's not really math anymore; it's spelling. So let's just all let's just all take a step back from big fancy numbers. If you, need, if you need to go beyond 20, you're getting into the devil's work. All right. So just think about that. God gave you 10 fingers and 10 toes for a reason. Let's just start there.
1: All right. That makes all three of us the devil's work at our ages. But you know. No, mm-hmm. you hey, just count it's, on the fingers twice. All right. Yeah. Oh, we did have one actual question from Phil Arnold, where he says, uh, thoughts on this for the pod. And what he shared with us is the Sal Capaccio tweet with the comparison between Josh Allen's stats from last year and Josh Allen's stats from this year. Did you guys want to chime in first on this? Um, I'll say I'll I'll chime in first so you guys can actually get to the page. Yeah, I'm looking at it now. I'll link it for. Right. The only thing that was, uh, you know, that you look at and think, oh, that's a pretty decent downward trend is is yards and attempt down uh, almost three quarters of a yard per throw. Everything else is up or flat for the most part. Uh, His rushing stats are actually better this year, both in terms of yards and, you know, yards and attempt, even though his carries are down. Uh, I think I don't I don't think he's regressed at all, but I, I don't think he's necessarily improved either. The yards and attempt don't bother me because i think that, that can be a reflection of how defenses are playing you and he's having to go underneath more mm. uh which is not a bad thing because when we've complained about joss this year it's he's tended to hold the ball a little too long look for the big play when the check down is there and the check down is not harmful you know we got on trent edwards case for checking down a lot because when he was doing it the bills were often down you know 13 points or it was third and 15 he was throwing a four-yard pass joss tends to be back there on second and 10, and he's got a five-yard pass there. Instead, he tries to go 40 yards on a low percentage throw. So I don't mind him, the yards per attempt being down. I do hope they go up a bit. But I think he's, yeah, he doesn't seem better than last year. He also doesn't seem worse than last year. He pretty much just seems to be on the level, and I think the stats reflect that.
0: Yeah, I, I'm looking at this, and I think the, what I would say is margin of error, right? Mm-hmm. Like, there's just a level on which you're, you're not going to crystallize the exact same stats over and over, and you would expect things to be up a little or down a little Um, you're getting to, you know, 300 and he's had, he has more attempts this year already. Um, um, And I think that, uh, you know, 347 attempts, this is one of these things I, I will say it every time. I mean, baseball stats are better than football stats because they're more isolated and there's more of them, but I think you get to like 347 feels like a reasonable amount to start counting on what's happening in football, at least. Um, I just sort of offer that as caveat that, you know, when when there's lower when there's lower incidences to um and, and close your ears, scott this is the devil's work when when you have lower incidences to to compare um the ob, the opportunity for variance goes up um and so you, here that you have That sounds like math and math is it, It's big math too yeah. You are, we weird. are way deep
2: into math territory
0: here. Yeah. <laughs> I I sort of tried to summarize statistics in one sentence and it went very poorly. Um but, uh, but the short answer is like no this is just exact I think he's just playing like he did last year and that's great that's fine um I think if you are obsessive or it is this is not this is not a commentary on Sal who posted this but like if you are the the national guys who need to to you know pick something apart or if you're like a Lamar Jackson stan um who wants to like poke holes at Josh Allen you 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 overemphasize this a bit but he's basically the same guy he was last year so far and I'm happy with it. And it's reflective in the record and it's reflective in the points they're scoring. And, and I think that that's, that's good. Counterpoint. Wrong. Okay.
2: Um, you so, convinced me. <laughs> again, so yeah, so we'll, we'll, we'll get into a bit of, um, the, so yeah, so obviously we're dealing with math. So already we're in dangerous ground. Um, What if I said, I mean, I would say these are what I would normally call traditional stats. Mm -hmm. And so there are some things that can be a little misleading sometimes in them. We do have yardage attempt, which is more of a somewhat kind of more, um, you know, reliable metric for quarterback performance passing on level. I would say one stat that I do not see on here is, you'll forgive me, for being a jerk wins and losses is the defense better this year than it was last year?
0: Undoubtedly. Yes.
2: Thanks. Yes. Undoubtedly, And we've already lost more games this year than we did last year.
1: Well, as many
2: as many. Okay. Yeah. So yes. Assuming that we do not win every game, the rest of the season, we will end potentially with more losses. Um, so on some level that has to be put on, on, you can't really put it on the defense for getting a lot, you know, getting a lot yeah. given that they're the number one defense in the league, arguably, um, using some of the stance, some of the metrics. Um, you kind of have to put it more on the offense and obviously Allen's the quarterback of the offense. So I'd say that is another way that you do it. Also, if you do start slicing the numbers a bit, I think the one thing that people have said is up until the jets game, which obviously he had, a, he did connect on a number of deep passes. Um, I would say, uh, the, the deep passing numbers, have not been there as consistently this year. Um, So you're left with a lot more kind of underneath passes and um, where the guys are doing the run after catch. And you're also throwing it, as you can see, that the attempts are higher. So that lets you do your compiling a bit more and get more of your kind of, the rest of the numbers catch up when you have 10%, uh, roughly more attempts. So that is, I would say that is in fact, not a... Not a tremendously significant drop off, but but a drop off nonetheless. And and I I am a, I, I will say I'm not like worried about Allen. I think Frank's point about the margin of error is okay. I would say it's more like uh, there's another way to say that, which is regression to the mean, and yeah. that is thing I think that people could could say and have said about Josh Allen that last year, as great as he was and as as good as he still is, and I still think he is good. Last year he might have been like that might that that might have been the season that he really should have gotten the mvp award because that might be a season that he's not going to quite have again in terms of him busting on the scene and just destroying people left right and center um i think maybe we've seen a step back from that but not 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 to the point where we can't win a super bowl with josh allen as our
0: quarterback i think he clearly is good enough to do that he's just still mostly that good like he's he might not be exactly that good. I think I'm just saying, like, he's mostly that good. And so you're right that, like, maybe this is more of the actual mean, the middle year, and you'd expect things to revolve around this as opposed to revolve around last year. But I don't I don't know that there's enough there to say that he's a significantly different quarterback. I think that's the only – that's the only um, – the other thing that could uh, contribute for losses, Scott, is a bit of luck. I mean, it might be that last year they won a handful of games that maybe they shouldn't have, um, or, or or you know, vice versa. Um, but I, your, your obviously is, yes, obviously the yeah, po- the games yeah. are the,
2: the that is you know that is the not to make another baseball reference twice in a podcast for me. That's fine, which is pretty unusual. That's like counting pitcher wins, right? Right, can't really do that. That's not a statistically sound measure. Sure. Exactly. Although
1: yeah. uh, someday on our next other podcast we have to have a discussion how I think well we we have gone too far from pitcher wins uh, are an overrated statistic to pitcher wins are meaningless uh, but again that's our other podcast we'll discuss that
0: I have a philosophy of statistics that like as long as you know what the statistic is saying it's a perfectly good statistic as long as you're as long as you're not making it out to be something that it's not so as long as you know what a win is in the p- pitchers column and you're using it appropriately, it's fine. Just like ERA and just like completion percentage and just like everything else. And that's why I have problems with some statistics because people don't tell you what their statistic is. They're just like, this is my fancy stat and you better just trust me on it anyway. Um, I think that's enough math for one question. And it was an excellent question by Phil. And in a weird way, I think we sounded like an accounting and bookkeeping podcast there. So, right. Um, you can catch us on the next episode of accounting, Cloud Accounting Pod. Yeah. Gauntlet Maybe we'll just be the best cloud accounting <laughs> podcast now, too. Maybe we're just going <laughs> to take over, guys. Hashtag deal with it. Hashtag deal with it. Hashtag pie. Hashtag the number pie, not apple pie. Um Yes. So that's that, you know, make of that what you will, much like the statistics and the the statistics themselves make of it what you will.
1: Um, Do we have this day in Bill's headlines? We do have this day in Bill's headlines. So we will fire this up. Uh, Today is November 17th. Our headlines will range from the year 2020 to the year 1992. So, uh, you know, we got we got the whole kit and caboodle range here. So let's get started. 2020. Blank not playing a coach's decision. He was healthy. Coach's decision right there, McDermott said. We know Blank is a good player and just felt like that for that week, meaning last week, we felt like we had at least some momentum with the group we had had in when Blank went down and wanted to take a look at it one more week there.
2: Oh, man, because I definitely remember... It, it raised
1: happening. it raised some eyebrows. This would have been for the Arizona game right before the bye and we were speculating mm-hmm. that maybe they wanted to rest a little more before the bye, but this was McDermott countering that. Matt Milano? Nope, you're you're on the right uh you're, Edmonds. On, you're on the right alliterative track.
0: Oh, um Marshall Mathers. Um, <laughs> uh, Wade Wilson, Peter Parker, Bruce Banner. Richard, Richards, Sue Storm. Now I I'm, I don't know which Marvel hero we're talking about. Yeah,
1: now you've uh, phased off. Let's put it this way: if this, if he were, if this player were benched today, it would definitely raise some eyebrows with us, uh, based on the general underperformance of this unit when you know, especially in some of the Bills' losses. Mitch Morse. Mitch Morse. There we Mitch go. Morse. Okay. All right. Twenty seventeen. Blank returns looking to prove himself, build connection with Nathan Peterman. <laughs> After nearly two weeks on the sideline, Blank was upgraded from day to day to a full participant in practice Wednesday. He now has two practices under his belt, and both he and Coach Sean McDermott are optimistic about his availability for Sunday's game against the Los Angeles Chargers. Oh, dear.
0: Well, um, it's got to be Zay Jones. Zay Jones, it does okay. got to be. Or, so. Or- Calvin Ben. I just watched highlights of the snow game, which included a Trent. Uh, sorry, Trent Edwards, Nathan Titterman, <laughs> the kelvin Benjamin touchdown.
1: Right. Yes. There was also a Joe Webb to LaShawn McCoy handoff for a touchdown. I this was just well. four years ago, people. Yes. The headline for this game because this was going to be. Are you uh, reading
0: my tweets? This is literally what I. Re-tweeted. Oh no! I can't believe this is only four years ago. But here is Joe <laughs> Webb handing off to LaShawn McCoy. <laughs> oh wow!
1: And nathan peterman throwing well this is why shot. we podcast together yes there was also a headline for this game the bills take on peterman an accurate rhythmic passer i feel mm-hmm. like he just jinxed his career into oblivion but he and mm-hmm. zay are still teammates with the las vegas raiders who did not exist when
2: uh, statements and that's in that in that phrase yes, yes
1: right. a lot of lies all right 2016 uh scott will get this pretty quickly but we're going to do it anyway with eric wood down blank looks like next man up Greg Erbeck. Oh, you didn't get it immediately, but you're on the right track. 2016, you're a little early. Ryan Groy. Ryan Groy. That is the Wisconsin center who is a backup for the Bills. Brian. All right. So 2011, I'm confident on you guys on this one too, even though it's not as easy. Bills' offensive line shuffles even more. Starting right tackle Blank, who has been consistent all season long for the team, did not participate in Wednesday's session. Without Wood and Blank, the Bills had five players practicing with the first team that did not start the season at their position, at that position.
0: Left tackle,
1: you said? Right tackle. Right, right tackle, tackle of 2011. 2011. The literature was
0: I want yeah. to say Zabri, that Zabri. Zabri, what's his name?
1: Oh, oh. yeah, a guy named Zabri Sanders. I forgot about him. Zabri yeah, he's not Z- this guy, but man. Okay. I've been
0: wanting to guess him for a while. I couldn't think of his last There's day.
1: another guy on this state named Kyle Moore. I'm like, that couldn't have possibly been a bill, and there apparently there's a bill named Kyle Moore who played a bunch of games for us in 2011. Defensive um, tackle. Anyway, yes. this player's right tackle. He so. was undrafted in 05 out of Colorado State. Five uh, seasons with the Bills, twenty ten to twenty fourteen. He was a sixteen game starter in three of those five seasons.
2: Isn't this is later than Brad Butler? Right. Later than Mike Gandy. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: He would um, eventually.
1: This is when guys like it would have been right before the Cordy Glenn, though he was a left tackle. I think. I think he started right tackle. It would right been right before Cordy Glenn. a right tackle before he shifted left. Chris. No, no, don't think Chris. You guys have mentioned him in trivia answers before, so it's not a name that you guys haven't heard of. You've answered him incorrectly before. This is your chance to course, answer him correctly. Of course.
2: Justin? Who? What was Justin? Justin no. something?
1: Damn it. I, I have think, Justin Bannon uh,
2: going through my head. Last, but he's name a a, tackle.
1: last name is a plural fruit? Hares. Hares. Eric Hares. Eric Hares. There we go we got there. All right. Uh 2009. This is a tougher one. Bills finally fired Geron. It was 12 years ago today. Uh Buffalo Bills linebacker blank fighting injuries during career year. He says, "I have all the respect for him. All the respect in the world for him." The former Oregon State star says, "I think he's a tremendous coach. When you're a head coach, you get your share of the blame when the team is not playing well, but that blame must come back to the players." I feel bad because I look at myself and ask what more I could have done to save this man's job? Um, so this is a guy who would not play another game for the Bills due to injury all season. He was actually having a very good year. He was in his fourth of five seasons with the Bills and fourth of five in the NFL. He was a 2006 round six pick out of Oregon State, a linebacker. Oh. This is weird, because I feel like I would know this.
2: And he would have been... Probably with London Fletcher. It would have been right? would
1: have been the same linebacking core as London Fletcher. Angelo Crowell would have been a teammate with for a season or so. Uh, Techio kind of Spikes or... for a season or so.
0: Is this Moats or Moats is later? Moats is a is little later.
1: later, but not much. Moats came I think around 2010. So this is this okay. is on the the peri- periphery of the Moats.
2: Is it's not? Yeah, this isn't. There's only there only would have been three. Keith Ellison.
1: Keith Ellison, good job. Yes. Nicely done, Scott. Nicely done, Scott. All right, 2005. Blank wants to switch positions back, but it won't happen. Um, Offensive lineman Blank would like to go back to playing right tackle after his disastrous debut at left guard last Sunday against Kansas City, but that's not going to happen right now. Coach Mike Malarkey likes the job converted tight end Jason Peters is doing and still thinks Blank has a future in the middle of the line. Mike. Mike, yep. And the most common last name ever, Williams. So he was a fourth fourth overall pick, uh, was then a reserve player, making $7.3 million, backing up Benny Anderson. Oh, how he fell. (laughs) All right. 2004, three headlines to go. Healthy blank, making presence felt with Bill's defense. He's a difference maker, Coach Mike Malarkey said. Boy, it's two Malarkey references in one pod. Uh, your disguises are a little better in the secondary. His experience is a big plus. Even in practices, you can tell there's a difference.
2: Sorry, so, um, you said 04. Yep. What um, is the position? In the secondary. Yes, your secondary. disguises are a
1: little better in the secondary.
0: Lawyer Malloy?
1: Lawyer Malloy. Look at you guys Man. today.
0: Scott is on it in the yep. mid, in the offs this year.
1: Oh, don't so worry. It's about to come crashing down with this 2001 headline. Um, Bill's backup blank is still green. The Bill stepped up blank because he spent the one season learning the West Coast offense from Mike Holmgren, a master, and was recommended by Bill's offensive coordinator, Mike Shepard, the quarterback's coach under Holmgren in Seattle.
0: So this would have been Brett Favre's backup.
1: Or uh, I think this was when um, Holmgren was in Seattle, so it would have oh, been- Oh, Holmgren's in Seattle, it would Sorry. have been Hasselback's backup, the Hasselback backup, if that makes is sense. Is it a McCown? It's not a McCown. Um, this was an undrafted player out of Northern Arizona in 2000. He spent most of 01 to 03 with the Bills, but he saw limited action as a third stringer behind the, the first year behind Johnson Van Pelt, and then the next two behind Bledsoe Van Pelt. Bledsoe Van Pelt yeah. and- I would, the, there was a hint too. He's now the Christ Church of Valley Campus minister in Scottsdale, Arizona. The hint is also in the headline that this player, this this writer was trying to be witty. Bill's mm. backup blank is still green.
0: Trent Green was a quarterback, but not this guy. Right. Um, is it, a, it uh, Mike Lyme is, is it a color?
1: It's a color. Very good, Scott.
0: Mikey yellow.
1: Yes. We all remember Mikey yellow's tenure. Not a rainbow um, color.
2: It's got to be, is it like, I want to, I feel like it's either a Chad or a Thad Brown.
1: It's a Brown. Yes, it is. Travis Brown,
0: Travis Brown, Thad Brown, also a Bill's quarterback though.
1: Thad Thad Lewis. Lewis. Thad Lewis. But But there was another Brown. (laughs) Anyway. All right. Last headline. Uh, this is a gettable one. I'll give a little game summary here. 1992, a sure sign of winter, the Bills are on top. This is a New York Times headline. Seeking to avoid their first sweep by the Miami Dolphins in six years and seeking to avenge an embarrassing 37 to 10 loss to the Dolphins in Buffalo in week five and hungry for sole possession of first in the AFC East. The Bills claimed all three goals tonight, rallying in the second half for a 26-20 victory over Miami before 70,629 fans in Joe Robbie Stadium. The left Buffalo with an 8-2 record as the Bills joined San Francisco and Dallas, as teams with the best record in the NFL. All right, so here we go. The Bills were able to run out the clock at the end for their 11th win their last 13 games. Miami contributed to the Bills' game-ending drive with a pass interference call on blank on a third down play. The costly pass interference was called against Blank trying to defend a sideline pass to veteran James Lofton on third and three at Buffalo's 18. The ball fell incomplete, but side judge Bill Quinby ruled that Blank had interfered with Lofton, perhaps the closest of several officials' calls. could have gone either way. Instead of Buffalo being forced to take the ball away to Marino in his high-powered offense with 3.02 left, Buffalo got the first down and never relinquished the ball again.
0: So we're trying to name the Dolphins player.
1: Yes, we are trying to name the Dolphins player, but as you know... I usually do that with, uh, when there's yeah. a
0: Bill's connection.
1: Yes, exactly. So I will so, give you a hint. This became a Bill's connection later. At this point in time, there would have been no Bill's connection.
0: I'm trying to think if it's the Dolphins secondary or if it's a linebacker. I mean, Lofton would have been on the outside, so it probably would have been the secondary.
1: Right. It would be, um, it would be if they, if they were putting a linebacker on James Lofton, they would get what they deserve.
0: Yes, I was, yeah, exactly. Um,
1: so I think at this point, this player, Lawrence
0: Oliver, Oliver was in the
1: secondary. Ooh, and yeah, good old Lewis Oliver. I remember Lewis him. Lewis
0: Oliver. Yeah, he had the 102 yard interception <laughs> yeah. return. I remember that, was that a record play. for a while. I was yeah. glad when
1: that was broken. Let me see where this guy was in his career at this player play for the Eagles. He did. He was a rookie Ooh. with the Dolphins in 92. Then he played for the Eagles.
2: Troy Vincent.
1: Troy Vincent.
0: Troy Vincent. What
1: a way to wrap it up. Way to Scott. get Scott. You guys did did good today. I think Travis Brown was uh, an issue. Uh, and I yeah, that was really it though. You guys even got Keith Ellison. So good job on this day in Bill's headlines for November seventeenth.
0: I think Travis Brown being an issue is fine because if if right. you know recalling the the third string quarterback <laughs> behind Let'so and Val Pent twenty years ago, that's that's a That's a deep cut for anybody,
1: right? Though I could counter. It took you guys a little longer
0: to get Mitch Morrison. You probably should have as well, but
1: (laughs) (laughs) also 100% fair. 100%. That's That's fine. Uh,
0: The Bills are seven to seven and a half point favorites over the Colts. Um, The game will be at Highmark Stadium in Buffalo. Um, The odd sharks folks are saying that the Bills will win and cover the uh, the spread, but the total will go under. The total is 50, and they think it'll it'll end up at like 48. They're saying a 31 to 17 score. The Colts are a little tough to figure. They're 5-5. Five and five. They're in the same division as Tennessee. They've played Tennessee very tough. They had a very tough early part of the schedule by a lot of metrics. But, you know, they have a very good run game. They have a very balanced offense in a lot of ways. And their defense is not awful. And there's a lot of, I'll tell you, there's a weird thing about this Colts game where I'm wondering if like, these are like the, this is kind of like the red flag for me. It's not that, you know, the bills are a bad team. I think that the bills are still in a position where they can struggle with matchups. And there is part of me that thinks that the bills might struggle with the Colts. Scott, do you have any, any thoughts on this before I give my prediction or, or, or what do you want to say? Yeah. I
2: mean, that's the thing, right. Is, um, you, you, you gotta be a teensy bit concerned about the run defense that looked a little leaky against the jets and a very obviously inferior running team to yeah uh my boy jonathan taylor who with derrick henry going round going down might be the best running back in the nfl at this point that is a mm-hmm. thing that people are saying right now um obviously a very different back than derrick henry obviously derrick henry is like 240 and will, will knock you down and then run 80 yards um jt is 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 has good contact balance but obviously does not have the the strength that derrick henry will probably go into the hall of fame with um i think jt could get there at some point but it's going to be because he's super fast and 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 is you know kind of good and intelligent and sees hold well um so i think that is a troublesome matchup um obviously this is a very tight down to the wire possession for possession game last season with uh yes admittedly uh Phil different Rivers quarterback. quarterback, yeah, not Carson Wentz. Um, no, not a
1: dramatically different quarterback. A little different. Bill um, Rivers' last year of his career and Carson Wentz now are are, are similar.
2: Yeah, it's I mean, and honestly, and Rivers played pretty well in that game, oh, yeah. and the, the Colts, I think, uh, have taken a slight step back since then. So anyway, I will come around and say, I think the Colts are a little dinged up. I think the 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 game is in Buffalo. I do, I do see this as being uh, a, a another tough kind of back and forth game. I think the Bills will be up for it, knowing that they they obviously, you know they they saw what you know if they put everything together they played well last week that that's how you have to do it. I don't think that'll be an issue this week with the Colts, knowing that they could very easily lose in this game based on how it went last year. So I would say I will take the Bills. I see the, I see why they like the under, and I think that makes sense. So I will go something on the order of 24.17. It'll be real, real close. I'd say
0: closer to 24.20 than 24.20. All right, Paul.
1: All right, yeah, I think you guys hit every point I wanted to, to hit. Jonathan Taylor is the NFL's leading rusher right now with 937 yards. Not only that, he's doing it at a clip of 5.8 yards a carry, which is C.J. Spiller 2012 territory right there. So he has been extremely impressive. They are down Star Tulalay. Harrison Phillips seems to do okay in that role, though he's terrible against the pass rush. Uh, But they don't have much behind him. You're either looking at Vernon Butler playing out of position or you're looking at Brandon Bryant getting his first game action all season. I think it's going to be an even closer game. I will give the same advantage to the Bills on being at home and, you know, still having some matchup advantages going the other way. So I will say it's a one point win for Buffalo, 24 to 23.
0: Yeah, that's not a terrible idea. I think what Buffalo can do, I think the the Colts can be passed on. Based on kind of the little bit I'm I'm researching right now, uh, based solely on just surface uh, looking at things, but I think that it'll be a tricky game. I think that the the Colts are a, a pretty decent team, and I would not be surprised. If the Bills lost this game, I wouldn't be happy, but I wouldn't necessarily be surprised. Um, I had a gut feeling to pick them to lose, but I'm not going to. I think that I think that Buffalo can. Be, I think that Buffalo can win this game. I'm looking at uh, like a 28 to 9, 18 kind of game. You know, I think it would be. It might end up a two point score, but I, I think it'll be close. Um, I don't think. I think Buffalo will be able to score. I think that the trick will be um, getting the ball away from the Colts um, and out of their hands to give. Allen and company, as many opportunities as possible. So um, let's go ahead and and pick the bills for me. Um, I'm going to revise it. I'm going to say, I'm going to say 24 to 17. I think it'll be a little closer, but um, we're there. I think we all have the same record because I don't know that anybody's picked against the bills yet.
1: Right. I think I, yeah, I think you're right. I stopped. I I was tracking early in the season Then I lost track because I was using multiple computers to do the podcast. Yeah, That, that, that did it. We have all picked the bills to. Uh, score 24 to win. Uh, so that's that I have recorded. And last week, in case you're wondering, I think uh, Scott was the closest by virtue of picking a 14 point Bills victory over the Jets of 28 to 14. So yeah. we all gave the Bills too little crowd and the, and the Jets too much.
0: Very good. Well, if you like our show, MNY Bills on Twitter, that's where you find us or you go to your podcast place and you type in uh buffalo bills maybe next year and you'll find us pass us along to a friend maybe you maybe you have an accounting podcast where you know you could give us a shout out that might not be so bad Uh, (laughs) appreciate you listening until then thank you so much we're going to be back early next week uh because we have a holiday to get to and also another football game to uh, do but until then thank you so much for listening i'm frank i'm scott Scott.
1: there's scott Uh, on mute and i'm paul not on mute
0: all right good
2: night everybody